Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. It's a lot better to have a car with no heater in the winter. And it's a lot better to have a car that's full of rust and a hole in the floorboard than walking. But there came a time when I didn't value that car like I once did. And I just had to have another one. Isn't it like life? We value something that we get used to it. Then after we get used to it, we think something else will fill that hole that that old car, whatever it was, once filled, and we'd be happier. In the world tonight, value is very important. People are going to go crazy between now and Christmas Eve, buying things they can't afford, giving them to people that don't like them, and toys for kids that they'll bust up before Christmas is over. And you know, we live in a world where we're constantly on the media or the newspaper or where we listen to people say that it's constantly dealing with things about being unhappy and, and we have to make up our mind whether we agree with this or dislike that or like this. And therefore, it's very important what we value. In the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now these wise men made a statement. We believe that he is the king, and we're coming to worship him. And we want to know where he's at, but we know Herod didn't value him because he was a threat. Herod wanted to be the king. He didn't want another king to be there. And so as we listen and think about that, the question is, as we think about the birth of Christ, what's the value of Christmas for us? Because that's important. If it's just another holiday, then Easter's coming. But what we're talking about is the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Son of God, the one who came that our sins could be forgiven. But all through history, and I used this a couple years ago, some people paid a tremendous price when Jesus was born. Tremendous price. Because when Mary found out she was, conceived with a child by the Holy Ghost, Joseph took her as his wife, even though everybody would talk and all kinds of rumors would go out, here's this couple that she's pregnant and they're not even married. And so when Joseph took her to be with her, he paid a price for that. And here's Mary minding her own business, going, being a good virgin girl, and now she has a baby in her womb without a man conceived by the Holy Ghost, but now people are talking about her everywhere. So people paid a price for Christmas. A price because Jesus came. And how many knows are all around Bethlehem, they were killing the male children because they wanted to make sure they got this new king. 
that wouldn't come and take over the king that's there now. And so people that just happened to have a boy child, a boy they loved, a boy they had great dreams for, they're coming around killing the male children. Christmas is really costly, isn't it? The shepherds let their sheep to come. The wise men bought gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And as I think about the world, I think about there was a missionary and took his wife and his children into the Philippines. And he went downtown in Mindanao one day to get something for his wife and people broke in the house and murdered her. So it cost him something and his family something because Jesus was born. Because they were there to proclaim the good news. They were there to tell the Filipinos that Jesus died for them. And they had no idea when he answered the call to the Philippines what it would cost. In the olden days, even older than me, before the airplane, when the missionary would go to like China, they would have to get on a ship for months just to get there. They battled disease. They battled all kinds of things. If you ever read the book by uh, Billy Graham's wife, you'll find out she was raised in China and they lived in a really hard situation and would have to pray because their life was in danger all the time. And so tonight as we think about your value or our value of Christmas, how valuable is it to us? Is it just a holiday? Well, we say that, but how important is it for us? Because we need this Christmas to stop and think of the price that was paid that Jesus would come and we need to understand he come that this world could have hope again. Amen. Hope that only he could give us. And so it's Christmas season, you and I will have opportunity to share hope with people that feel there's no hope at all. Amen. You know, It bothers me to think of all the kids in Kingman's not going to get something for Christmas. That bothers me. There's a lady that works at Walmart, and I had the privilege of finding out her little grandson had nothing for Christmas, and I had the privilege of telling her to bring him last year, and I was able to buy Christmas. And you know, I made a mistake. I said, anything you see you like, let me know. Well, I want to tell you, he got deep in my pockets and my credit card in a matter this quick. I said, pick something. He grabbed this, and then he grabbed this, and he grabbed this, and all of a sudden I realized that he values the opportunity to have something for Christmas. But it was worth it all. To be able to be a blessing and give a little boy hope. That when he gets up on Christmas morning, there would be something under the tree. Even the something he really wanted. And so we are called to bring hope to our generation. Don't turn the, don't turn the TV on, you're going to get discouraged. 
I'm hoping someday that some of these people get uh, <clears throat> voted out. I know I'm not supposed to be political. I'm not. I just want them to get voted out. And I want Christians to get voted in. Amen. Because it's only God's people that can bring hope to our generation. What America needs is Jesus Christ. We need leaders that's got Jesus in their heart that will tell the world there's more to life than what you obtain. What life is is Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sin. So you and I are gonna have an opportunity these next few days and through this season to give somebody some hope. And let me say this to you. How many value you're born again? Amen. How many are glad you're born again? Amen. How many believe that's the answer to our world? Amen. And so what we need to do is look for an opportunity to share that value with someone that does not know him. Amen. You can give them a new Cadillac, but they can't go to heaven in a Cadillac. You can give them a million dollars, but that will not affect eternity. What the world needs tonight is Jesus Christ. And if we value Christmas, and I'm gonna change it. We're not talking about value. We're talking about value in Jesus Christ, the gift of God, the one who came who knew no sin and became sin for us, the one who took the stripes on his back that you and I could be healed. The one who spoke to the blind man he saw and to the cripple they begin to walk. And therefore tonight we need to value that. It's God's gift to this world we live in and we need to get for an opportunity to share that with someone that needs him. See, maybe Christmas without somebody knowing Jesus it's just another celebration. What Christmas is about is Jesus Christ making men and women new people, forgiving their sins, coming in their life, and giving them a reason to live. So if you and I value Christmas, then we're going to ask God to help us to share the good news with someone. Now, how many believe everybody in Kingman's born again? You believe that? Everybody's a Christian. I tricked Chandler there, didn't I, Chandler? He's going like this at me. But we know that people are lost. Can you say amen to that? We know people are miserable. People are looking for the answer. And we have the answer. The Christmas answer is forgiveness of sin. Being born again meaning Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So unless they hear it, what, is, what he's done and what he paid for, they'll never experience it. We know the Spirit of God draws us, but we know that we're the mouthpiece that God sometimes uses to share the good news to make a difference in people's lives. I have no doubt if you were in this congregation and you knew some people were starving and you could take them some food, you would. 
No doubt. If somebody needed medicine and you were able to help them, you would do that. And I would do that. If they wanted to come to church and they had no way to get here, we'd make sure they got here. Can you say amen? But can I tell you something else? They need Jesus. Some people will never darken the door. And if you and I don't take this hope of what Christmas is about, that for God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And all of heaven began to rejoice that he was born that day and all begin to celebrate. Now there's hope for all of humanity to have forgiveness of sin. But that only takes place if I put a proper value on Christmas. If we're too busy, we're too busy. People are thinking about a baby in the manger more right now than any other time of the year. They're listening to Christmas music this time of year. Even I went in the Walmart and somebody said Merry Christmas this year. And what will make Christmas merry is that somebody meets Jesus and has experienced the forgiveness of sin and become a Christian, a child of God and spend all of eternity with him. What an opportunity we have. I hadn't planned to do this, but I'm feeling led to talk about the Christmas story that I've shared many times here. When Joni and I were back in Indiana, we started a youth center because the young people were getting saved, and so we opened this building up for kids to come and hear about the gospel and for us to get a chance to disciple them and give them some direction for their lives. We were living in this little house. Had a tiny living room and two tiny bedrooms and a tinier bathroom and a kitchen that was so narrow that you'd almost have turned sideways if someone was in there. And I remember it was Christmas time and Tim was a little boy. I don't even remember about how old he was, but he was really small. And he came home to me one day and he said, Dad, I was over next door at my friend's house and they got a Christmas tree. Where's my Christmas tree? So I'm thinking about that and I'm thinking, I got to give him an answer. Because we were making $100 a month. Big money, $100 a month we was making. And so we didn't have money for Christmas tree. We had no money to buy presents. Every penny we were taking in was to pay the rent on that house and pay rent on that youth center. And so I just looked at him and I said, Jesus will give you one. Well, you don't tell a little boy that somebody's going to give him one unless they're going to ask you when it's coming 5,000 times. <laughs> The next door neighbors had their yard decorated and they had the trees. And Tim came home one day and said, Dad, they got presents. When am I going to get a present? Now, I don't know how it would affect you, but it really 
just like putting a dagger in my heart. Because I had told him Jesus was going to bring a Christmas tree. Now, who ever heard of Jesus bringing Christmas trees? And so every day, for the next days, he would ask me over and over and over again, when's he going to bring my Christmas tree? And I would say over and over again, I don't know, but he's going to bring it. And I would battle that because I was saying something that I didn't know how it would happen. Well, the closer it got to Christmas, the more he asked. And so I remember it was Christmas Eve. And he came and said, Dad, when's Jesus going to bring me a tree? So I told this little boy that Jesus would give him a Christmas tree. And he just kept nagging at me. When's it coming? When do we get to tree? So we put him to bed, hoping he'd fall asleep quick. And so we're there. Joni's not bummed out, and I'm bummed out because we got a little boy. All he wanted was a Christmas tree and a present. And so we were there, and finally we went to bed and went to sleep. And I was having a dream. There was somebody at the door. And it just kept going. And I woke up and realized somebody's at the door. And so I went to the door. And there was a lady there that said, do you need a Christmas tree? Amen. Now, I didn't tell God what kind of tree I wanted. Because <laughs> this tree had curvature of the trunk. <coughs> It went this way and this way, but it was a Christmas tree. So now we got a Christmas tree, and we don't have a Christmas stand to put it in. And so I did what all Christians did. I borrowed a concrete block and the alley behind some other house because I was going to give it back. I just need the Christmas tree stand. So we jammed that crooked tree in a concrete block. And so you know what Joni did? She took the sheet off our bed and put it around that concrete block. Now we sing about popping popcorn and stringing it, but we had no popcorn. We had no decorations. We had no lights. So here this curvature of the spine Christmas tree in a concrete block with a sheet around the bottom is in the living room. Now I've learned then, if you're going to Believe, believe and tell God what you're believing for. Sometimes we cut God short, don't we? We hinder what God can do for us because we don't believe big enough. So we go back to bed. Now we got a Christmas tree, but no presents for Tim. And we go to sleep and friend, Joni's here, ask her about it at the front door. I get up, I go to the front door, and there's a lady there that I don't know who she is. Now, this is like 2.30 and 3 o'clock in the morning. She said, I, I, I don't mean to bother you, but God woke me up and said, take some presents, and I'll show you where to go. 
And you know what the devil said to me? Probably dolls and girl stuff. Now, it used to be it wasn't paper or plastic. Grocery bags were tall paper. And she went out to her car and came back and had me two grocery bags full of presents wrapped in white tissue paper. No bow, no nothing. Just plain presents. So we put those presents under that crooked tree in that concrete block with my sheet around it. And we put it under the Christmas tree. I'm telling you that because Jesus is into Christmas. But more than the Christmas trees and presents, he's into eternal souls. But I'll never forget it. Go back to bed. Has anybody ever had the ceiling fall on you? I'm laying there asleep and all of a sudden something falls on me. It feels like the whole ceiling fell and my son's grabbing me. Dad, Dad, get up. Jesus came. Jesus came. And I tell you that for the glory of God, that if he loves a little boy that much, to give him a Christmas tree and presents and fulfill a boy's dream of having his own tree and presents, he's really into eternal souls. And Christmas is... I love pretty trees. I like presents. I like all those things. But what Christmas is, Jesus came that every man, every woman, every boy and every girl might know him and have eternal life. That's Christmas. So let me share with you. When you go to the mall this week, Walmart, you know somebody's boy and somebody's girl's probably going to be walking around there. <laughs> and you know what they're doing? They're praying. Mom and dad or somebody's praying. Lord, just let somebody share Jesus with them. Maybe they're praying, you know, it's Christmas and the greatest gift I could get is a phone call from Billy or Susie or whoever it is that she had met Jesus or he had given his life to Christ and they're praying, Lord, send somebody to share with them so they could have eternal life. Just like God seen Tim Hills, a little boy, wanting a Christmas tree and seen a little boy that wanted presents and made sure they were there, God hears the prayer of brothers and sisters and moms and dads and grandma and grandpa who are praying for their lost ones. Lord, send somebody to them. Let them share Jesus with them. And I want to tell you, I know a lot of people aren't into Christmas, but I want to tell you more people are thinking about Jesus right now than any other time of the year. And you could be the answer to the prayer. Just like that lady knocking on the door and said, I've been riding around the block, riding around the block. I didn't want to embarrass anybody, but she knocked on my door and said, you have a child because God told me to bring him some presents. You know, my life and your life can be the present this year to someone that don't know him, someone that's lost in their sins, someone that, Grandma, right now, I'm preaching, could be on her knees praying. Lord, let somebody in Kingman touch him or her. 
Some mom or dad, let somebody touch him. Could be some young person. Let somebody share with my mom and dad about Jesus. So we have to ask where our value is this year. Oh, I have a ham, have turkey, have a tree, have a celebration. But don't forget what Christmas is about. I say we don't want to forget what it's about. Is that God so loved the world as he looked down in Kingman, Arizona in the year 2019 and his son hung on a cross before he was beaten and he cried out those words, it's finished, that people in this town might meet him this Christmas and find out what Christmas really is all about, and that's eternal life, knowing Jesus Christ. Let's put the right value on it this year. Party, yes. Hams, yes. Turkey, yes. Get a big one so there'll be some leftovers. I love turkey. (laughs) Brother Wilson likes pie. I like turkey. (laughs) Enjoy the holiday. But don't miss the opportunity of what it's about. And look for the opportunity to share with someone about Jesus Christ. Because Merry Christmas is really, the real meaning is to know him. To know your sins are forgiven. To know what this holiday is about. And not only to know that, but share with them Jesus It was a great joy for me last year to take that little boy in the Walmart. And I spent more than I could have. I didn't have enough cash. I put some on the credit card. But I looked at that little boy, and when I looked at him, I realized Grandma was doing the best she could. His mom was somewhere. His dad was somewhere. They weren't in his life. And me sacrificing a little bit to bring joy to him was worth it all. But the greatest opportunity is not only to buy somebody something and make their Christmas merry, but to look for an opportunity to share Jesus. When somebody says, you mad, it's cost me a fortune this Christmas. Say, yeah, it cost God a fortune too cost him his very best his only begotten son and he sent him because he's seen you and he's seen me you can say he's seen you and he's seen me and he knew that we'd be in our sins but Jesus came that's what Christmas is about he died and resurrected the third day that I got eternal life and you can have it too value Christmas or maybe we could just change those words value what Jesus did And look for an opportunity to bring hope and joy to someone whose life is empty because you shared with them the real true meaning of Christmas. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for the opportunity to know you. And we take a moment to thank you that while we were yet sinners, you loved us, God, and sent your son, and he died for us that we can have eternal life. Help us to be mindful of the opportunities we have right now. 
that we can touch some life to bring peace that don't know peace, to bring forgiveness that they do not know. Help us, Lord, to touch someone with your grace on our life that they might have joy and that they might have hope for eternity. We, we want to thank you tonight, Lord, for what you did. We thank you tonight that we can celebrate what you did. We thank you tonight that what you did is the greatest thing that's ever been done on planet Earth. That you came and took my place and our place that we might know you and have eternal life and that every person in Kingman, Arizona could have an opportunity to know you as well and have eternal life. Now, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed right now, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and you have sin in your life and you want to know him and you want to have the peace that he can give, I want you to get up from where you're seated and come down here and we'd be glad to pray with you. We have a prayer team that will be here and we'd like for you to meet Jesus tonight as your personal Savior and have eternal life. If you're here, just get up and say, you know what, I'm coming down right now. I want to know him. I want to know my sins are forgiven. I want to really experience what Christmas is about, and that's knowing Jesus as my personal Savior. Anybody at all, you want to come. I know I haven't made it easy, but I tell you, it wasn't easy what he had to go through. It wasn't easy for the price he paid, and you and I tonight, we can know him and have forgiveness of sin. Anyone at all, you want to come. Okay, if you look at me for a moment, folks, let's all look for an opportunity this week, this coming week, to share Jesus with somebody. Don't you think that would be good? How many think that would be good? I mean, I mean, when little Johnny runs over your ankles with a basket and his mother's screaming at him, she needs Jesus. Because little Johnny's a terror. <laughs> and so we need to look. We need to look for opportunities to share this week. I challenge you to do that. Wouldn't it be a great thing as 2020 is coming in in two weeks to look back at this year and say, I shared Jesus and somebody met him this year. Amen. Let's stand together. If you need prayer for any reason, come. They're here to pray for you. Let's make Christmas what it's all about, and that is Jesus came that we could have eternal life. God bless you as you go. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.